0: Hey everybody, Dan and Andy here. Just wanted to let you know our special guest on this week's fish is none other than old friend of the podcast your friend of mine Alex Bell
1: that's right Alex has returned I mean he hasn't been on for ages but he has been there in the background the whole time anytime you hear a song
0: or a noise shadowy the spider master but now he's back he's funnier than ever we can't wait for you to hear it he's brilliant Uh, it's gonna be great so now I guess with no further ado let's get on with the only podcast any of us has ever made or will ever make right Dan
1: Ah, actually, I've got a bit of news. What? Yeah, I don't want this to be a shock, but I've... I've actually launched a new podcast. All right, what's it called? It's called We Can Be Weirdos.
0: Oh, I see. And and I guess it's uh, it's just about solid facts though, right? It's about stuff with a strong evidential base.
1: Well, let's ignore that question quickly and focus on what the show is about. (laughs) So it's a weekly show where I sit down with someone remarkable and I try and find out all the weird stuff that they believe in and all the weird stuff they do in their life. So it features everyone from British museum curators like Irving Finkel, who told me stuff about how he sits on buses and stares at the back of people's heads trying to make them turn around it's got uh cameron who used to be a part of the children of god cult but who escaped and wrote a fascinating memoir about it there's steve feltham who is the guinness world record for the longest continuous search for the loch ness monster dan Aykroyd is coming on there's so many amazing guests and uh it's a weekly show where i ask them to tell me about every single weird belief that they have
0: that's right. And guys, we 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 the rest of us know how hard Dan's been working on this. It sounds absolutely great. It's called We Can Be Weirdos. Give it a go wherever you get your podcast now and we should say it's all based on Dan's book The Theory of Everything Else which is out now in the UK in paperback and it's out in North America on the 27th of June Louis Theroux himself has called it totally compelling and utterly bizarre
1: that's right so it would mean the world to me if you all fish listeners would subscribe to it follow it give it a listen and also pick up a copy of my book and uh, go, okay Dan. okay okay back to the actual good podcast here we go on with the show on with the podcast <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of No Such Thing as a Fish, a weekly podcast coming to you from the QI offices in Hoburn. My name is Dan Schreiber. I am sitting here with Andrew Hunter-Murray, James Harkin, and Alex Bell, and once again we have gathered around the microphones with our four favorite facts from the last seven days, and in a particular order, here we go. Starting with fact number one, and that is Alex.
2: My fact this week is that when the founder of the budget supermarket chain Aldi was kidnapped in the 1970s, he successfully negotiated a discount off his own (laughs) ransom.
0: (laughs) Brilliant. Did he claim that he was going off? And the the result, <laughs> yeah. he had a
2: yellow sticker on him. <laughs> that would be such a good idea. Um, so this guy is called uh, Theo Albrecht. He founded Aldi with his brother, Carl. And they've got quite an interesting story in, in how they um, founded the supermarket. But um, in the 1970s, when he was one of the richest people in the world, um, he was kidnapped at gunpoint by a convicted burglar called Paul Cron. Diamond his Nickname Paul. was Diamond, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and his crooked lawyer, apparently, who had gambling debt called mm-hmm. Heinz him Ollenberg,
3: Whack him him. (laughs) him Diamond (laughs) Paul, Home Alone, Wet
2: Bandits kind of duo. Um, Um, Yeah, and um, yeah, they kidnapped him for seventeen days um, and held him in an office. Apparently, what cupboard wasn't he? Yeah, he was in the cupboard. cupboard. And apparently, his but his appearance was so nondescript, um, and he he sort of wore quite kind of cheap suits because he was as um, money-pinching as his discount supermarket reputation Mm. suggests. Mm. They had to ask him for ID
3: to check that they definitely kidnapped a billionaire. The thing was that he didn't do any interviews. Did he? or anything like Mm. that, right? He was really not very well known at the time. I read a US newspaper article from the week when he got kidnapped and they described him as West Germany's least known millionaire yeah wow. so you know no one knew what he looked like yeah it was just a name
1: so he was kept for 17 days he negotiates a cheaper ransom yeah. and they agree to it a bishop comes and delivers it the bishop of essen yeah which
0: is the city that they were from yeah and i guess it's where they lived at the time but
2: i didn't realize that was a bishop's responsibility to he mediated to do, yeah
0: yeah i mean what a call to get as the bishop you yeah. must never get that no but then yeah. he, he was didn't he isn't he the one who left the money? Yes. The, the actual yeah. Like, he did the handover. He yeah. Of cash. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But yeah.
3: then, and I think um, Albrecht stayed with him for 24 hours afterwards. Stayed with the bishop. Why? because the police were kept out of it completely wow. um, because the family didn't want the police involved because they thought he might be in danger right. and the uh, kidnappers said they wanted a 24 hour period to get away oh, okay. and so they said okay well he'll stay with the bishop for 24 hours yeah. and then after that time we'll let him go and he'll tell the police who who he's seen and wow. stuff okay right. so he
1: gets out the bishop they get these 24 hours and okay. they, do, they catch them as well and they, they catch, they them. catch yeah, them yeah that's and right out. and they only get half the money back okay. and, um, and to the dying day of the two guys they never recovered exactly. the yeah. missing 3.5 million and the- they died within a month of each other how weird is that because they yeah. were about 20 years difference in age that's so romantic six years within a decade yeah, six yeah oh yep one was 87 right. <laughs> the other was 93 yeah. but no um so after he gets let out theo uh is goes even more recluse he goes into total lockdown no photographs are going to be taken of him evermore he is in every time he gets into a car it's an armored car a different route every single day when he's going into his office if he's staying somewhere he goes and he finds the exits immediately so it's obviously mm-hmm. yeah. left no, huge, huge trauma yeah, on yeah, him. yeah. Uh, this experience yeah. But Dan, he also I, sorry, sorry,
0: I know one thing that will make you interested in him, especially Dan. Yeah. Which is that Forbes described the brothers, the Albrecht brothers, Theo and Carl, who co founded Aldi, described them as more elusive than the Yeti.
2: <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like the yeti doesn't have like a like, a, business, a business trail, like a paper trail. he's <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> like, not registered with company's house. <laughs> <That's true.
1: laughs> also, I mean, that doesn't make me more interested. If he was a yeti hunter, that's interesting. Okay, okay, <laughs> just okay. saying the
0: word yeti in a sentence doesn't immediately could, me a higher threshold for interesting. I do. Okay, okay. I think my favorite bit of this whole
2: story was that after the whole ordeal, um, Albrecht went to court to try and claim the money that was paid as the ransom um, as a tax deductible business expense which is brilliant I don't think he was successful but like that's so cool I
0: think you can still do that certainly in some places if you Uh,
3: have a good accountant because I think it's in America it's been done in America for sure Mm. yeah Um, famously Getty John Paul Getty it is a business expense isn't it Yeah, Yeah. or or is it if the person who is abducted is the CEO of the company then it's to do with the company I think that's the argument. Um, His brother, Carl, stumped up a lot of money for that as well, the Mm. ransom.
1: Uh, He was part of it. Um, But yeah, I love how much the Ulbricht brothers were really sort of stingy with their
2: cash. They're brilliant. I think Theo was the one who uh, they used to approve all the designs for all the shops um, and um, there was one where he was given the plans and he said the plans are fine but the paper you've printed it on is too thick yeah, print really it on yeah. thinner cheaper paper wow. yeah. Yeah. he used to he used to famously use pencils right down to the end like when you see people
1: with the pencil meets the rubber he would be yeah. using pencils like that and if he walked into the office of the Aldi offices yeah. and he saw that the lights were on but he could see that you could see in a room without the lights he'd go around turning off all the lights it's so Scroogey yeah. isn't it yeah. yeah I
3: did read one article that said is um, his brother were the first people to ever turn off the lights in the room because they were worried that they were wasting electricity <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what a thing to invent yeah that's great i, I, thought, I was thinking like a timing. yeah exactly <laughs> he invented being a dad yeah the timing almost works that's really funny i
0: think their the story is very interesting because they founded it together didn't they they founded yeah. Aldi together yeah
2: their um, mother mother ran a shop like i mean like so groceries. they took over yeah. the shop as part of their journey but she was the yeah. one who really started their I think she does a little bit of credit.
0: Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. And then actually they were dragooned into helping their mum because their father, he'd been a coal miner and he got emphysema so he couldn't really work so they had to support the family. But anyway, they fell out over whether or not they should sell cigarettes in their shops... And I think Theo said we should, and Carl said we shouldn't. And I think it
3: was for shoplifting reasons. They didn't care be... about the health reasons. Yeah. So was it stinginess as yeah, well? Yeah. Despite
0: their, like... their father having emphysema, they were, it was no. more about the deal. That's so interesting. Okay, and then they had this thing, the Aldi Equator. Yes. I'm sure you'd that, where they divided Germany top to bottom, <laughs> and north was uh, Theo's like, territory. Not, not with any kind of wall, we should say. Like, so <laughs> many people died crossing the Aldi Equator. Very <laughs> sad. <laughs> <laughs> People were
1: desperately trying to get to those. Because they did. So yeah. this was in the, this was 1961 and they had about 300 Aldis all over the country and that's what got split up between yeah. them. And if you look at the logos, they are different colours across the, yeah. the Aldi equator. Yeah, yeah. And so they are definitely
3: two different operations if, if, that are going ironically, on. Ironically, if you were kidnapped in Germany, you could use that to work out which half of the country you were in. Yes.
1: <laughs> oh <my> God, yeah. <laughs> what a good <laughs> idea. idea.
3: What a brilliant idea. They're still different companies now, aren't they? Mm. Um, Aldi Nord and Aldi yeah That's uh, right And I think Which ones do we have We have Aldi Nord. No in Britain, No we it's have it's, Aldi Sud yeah, yeah. And in America They have them both But one of them Is called Trader Joe's
2: Wow Yeah that's what Trader Joe's is I never yeah. realised yeah. And Aldi itself Is the name Aldi We said it's It's a poor mancha Of Albrecht dis Discount, uh, like, Discount. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm <laughs> I was trying to remember What the German version was <laughs> His brother came up With that
1: didn't they? Uh, Discount. tingy Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Diss-dingy kunt. laughs>
2: The two businesses were called Discord and Dapco, Imagine like big billboards with them kind of over the border. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with Discord. (laughs) Short with Discord. I think they liked each other. I think they got on perfectly well. They just disagreed
0: over yeah, I this. Think yeah. I think it was amicable. I think the split was amicable,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've never read into Aldi before. I've been to Aldi many times. God damn it, I love it so much. I, I don't want to like treat this as an advert, but what an operation. Really? Uh, just Well, okay, so for example, they don't stock as many items as a regular supermarket will, and they've never compromised on that. It's grown ever so slightly, but a, an average supermarket might have something like 200,000 different items, whereas they might have 2,000 items. It has grown since, the earlier days mm-hmm. when it came to Britain. But one of the things was everyone who was working there was required to memorize the price of every single item in the shop, so every 2,000 item, which meant that there was a thing that's known as Aldi panic, which is when you get to the checkout, the panic is I can't pack my bags as quickly as they're running the stuff through the uh, till. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get a bit of, yeah. worried. And that's
2: really yeah. common now because they're so fast at scanning. Well, here's mm-hmm. the thing. The
1: reason they're so fast at scanning these days, because this is another Aldi innovation, is if you buy a product from any supermarket, you got a barcode, mm-hmm. You get there, the person's looking around for the barcode. If you look on Aldi products, that sort are of specifically Aldi, they print the barcode all over it. So no matter where you what turn you want, the product, it scans. Exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. just, boop, and it's yeah. right wow. through.
2: Yeah, because they also opened, I think in the 50s, the first self-service grocery store in Germany. Oh. But by th- in, that, in those days, self-service meant you go in and get stuff off the shelves and bring it to the checkout, as opposed to giving your list yeah. to a clerk who were going to get it uh, for you. Yeah. So that must have been a huge efficiency. Yeah,
3: yeah. And they brought in shopping trolleys. And I think they were the first company to bring in the shopping trolleys where you had to put a coin in. That's what it says. That's what they say, yeah. I read an article with um, the communications director at Aldi, and he said, we're always amazed by the pay-it-forward spirit that happens in our parking lots. And apparently they reckon that, in Germany at least, people will pay for the next person's... Trolley. Trolley. Hmm. And I just, I've never seen that happen in my entire life in the UK. I go around checking to see if anyone's left a quid. (laughs) I I could lose an hour or two sometimes (laughs) looking for a single, you know. um... I literally only have one quid that I keep in my car for that thing. I don't really use cash these days, yeah, right? right. That, do you keep it on a string? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're sounding a bit
0: like Theodore Albrecht. <laughs> a bit like <laughs> <I can't- laughs> They
1: got big in Germany because they started looking at the models of what was happening in America with grocery stores. Ooh. And so there was a Memphis grocer uh, that was called Piggly Wiggly. Oh, Piggly okay. Wiggly. Yeah, yeah. So it was Piggly Wiggly, Hoggly Wogly, and uh, Handy Andy was the oh, last yeah. one. These were all of the, like, the things going on in America at the time. And yeah, yeah so they became... So Piggly Jeremy's-
3: Wiggly was famously the first place that would let you take things off the shelves and put them in your trolley yeah. and then pay for them afterwards. Exactly. And I'm not sure if we said it here, we might not have done, but they're basically people didn't want to do it because they felt like they were shoplifting mm. well I feel understand. like that with the new
2: Amazon Fresh stores when you walk in and you scan yeah but you go
0: in wearing a motorbike helmet don't you you don't, <laughs> you don't scan anything and you're shouting and holding a baseball bat yeah. I actually um,
3: was going to kidnap Jeff Bezos but he just walked into my house <laughs> into my cupboard <laughs> two weeks later they put loads of money in my account it was perfect <laughs> So when you go to Aldi,
1: there's always, and I didn't realize this was a big thing, but in the middle of Aldi, there's always <laughs> this weird aisle where it's yeah. just random oh, yeah, it's stuff. Oh, it's like
2: the room of requirement. It's sort of like re- every time it's different, it's, it's huge. So it's bizarre. Like, yeah, yeah.
1: so bizarre. It, so the middle aisle, and and it's it's sort of famous amongst oh, yeah. online people. There's Twitter accounts where what random thing have you found it's in huge. the middle aisle? Yeah, it's massive. Um, yeah, so everything from motion activated toilet bowl nightlights, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> randomly to um, traffic cones. Oh, wow it feels like sort of it fell off the
2: back of the lorry kind of vibe yeah yeah yeah. but which definitely
1: is
3: not the case sorry they definitely (laughs) did do that obviously no because I remember like you would always get like a flyer through the post and it would tell you what was going to be in the Middle Isle in the next month or so. Oh, really? And you would know that there was going to be a canoe there, and you'd be like, oh, shit, we got to get there on the <laughs> well, second Tuesday. Canoe, well, they have only have a certain amount, yeah. and so if it was something really cool, everyone yeah. in the town would want wow. to get there as quickly as possible. And they never restock, ever, no, so it's no. just that. It's like a one-flash yeah, so sale. Exciting. It gets
0: called the Isle of Shite. That's <laughs> yeah. very good. Yeah, that's very good. One yeah. other
3: thing on German kidnapping. Oh, yeah. I think German. Um, do you know about the Pied Piper of Hamelin? Uh, yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> Famously kidnapped all the children of Hamelin. I never thought of it that way. Ah. I thought he got rid of the rats, and then the parents didn't
0: pay him? Yeah, yeah. so then
2: he did the same thing. He played his pipe and, and led them. He basically hypnotized children to come with him. So there's oh, a, yeah. So there's, there's a question of, like, consent, really. But...
0: <laughs> yeah, it does sound like there
2: is. Uh, there's no
3: question. There was no <laughs> consent. Like, oh, okay. basically, he, he took all the children out of the town because they didn't pay his bills. But he was okay. fictional. Well, there was um, an entry in Hamlin Town Records dating to thirteen eighty four that says that it is a hundred years since our children left, uh, and that fits in with the date of when people said this That's happened, which was in twelve eighty four uh, and it supposedly happened on the 26th of June, the day of St. John and St. Paul. And the 130 children <laughs> in Hamelin disappeared. What and about, that's what the story's based on.
0: Was there a day of St. George and St. Ringo as well? <laughs> 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 um,
3: but we now have theories as to what the pie Piper was... Um, so we think that possibly the Pied Piper story is a fictional account of something that actually happened mm. And the children did go missing and did get taken by someone Right? Uh, oh. Can you guess what the actual job of the real life Pied Piper probably was? Oh, okay um, um, are we gonna, Is oh, this guessable uh, from school bus story? Driver. School that's bus driver, that's, that's good. really good uh, I mean the, the dates don't quite work for oh, school buses, okay. 1284 yeah, I've,
0: got I've got it, I've got it School cart driver Swineherd Swine Dresses the children up as pigs really? uh,
3: No, that's not what okay. oh, Was he one of the Wiggles says? then? Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Aldi trolley manager Load them in with free trolleys Well, Wait. according to most theories at the moment, he could have been a recruitment consultant Okay. <laughs> so I follow what? them in the street I find it <laughs> so
2: beguiling These children are all now working like Deloitte
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> There was an
3: economic depression around that time And a lot of the youth of various towns Were taken out of german sort of villages and taken to the bigger areas of oh. western europe right. and they had locators or recruiters that would go around these towns and try and bring the youth out there to work in different places oh, wow. and so there's one possibility that the pipe piper story is based on a recruitment consultant <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> well, they all got sort of free mugs from like- <laughs> 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 <Come back later laughs> with those cool wireless phone <laughs> yeah. headsets yeah. <laughs>
0: <That's dangerous. laughs> it is time for fact number two and that is andy my fact is that the world's largest collection of model trains doesn't fit on standard model train tracks <laughs>
2: i'm really pleased you added the word standard in there because it's a big discussion yeah <laughs> we, had a,
1: we had a big email chat about this no but i just gotta say alex has got in front of him actual <laughs>
0: like this is the weirdest bit of research oh i've sure. seen no, okay i'm not gonna go into it don't worry. i'm gonna, I'm gonna say that Basic fact, and then we'll have the argument. Yeah. This, uh, By the way, thank you to Neil Gibson, who sent in this fact, um, who didn't realise the chaos he was unleashing in our <laughs> previously happy team. Um, this is something that's uh, from the National Rail Museum in York. Uh, they have a collection of 610 model railway vehicles, all made by the same man, who was called James Peel Richards, 1902 to 99. Mm. And... Um, he was incredibly devoted to detail and accuracy and he thought he could get his models more accurate if he made them to a 33 millimeter gauge so the gauge is the distance between the two train tracks uh, and the normal gauge for model trains is 32 millimetres. Yep. And they're not compatible with the vast majority of model railway lines. And even the National Rail Museum don't have a layout where they can put these trains on a train track. Yeah. So I just think it's very,
1: it's a very sweet fact, I think. Can I, I don't want to make this fact even more contentious, but oh I have a feeling it was 612, not 610. What did you guys read? Well, could also, you maybe forgive me for a
3: fraction <laughs> of rounding? The idea is a lot of these model trains, you take anything that's one foot long, and you make it seven millimeters long, right. and you do the same for everything else in all the trains, right? <laughs> now, if you do that, then you get your gauge to be exactly thirty-three millimeters to a zero point zero one right. of okay. a millimeter. So it's pretty much thirty-three millimeters. But historically, they've always had thirty-two millimeter gauges, and so all the other trains that you would have are slightly not exact. So that's right. like the Hornby standard. for The example. Hornby is standard. Like nearly yeah. all the track you'll find is that width. A lot of maybe. them. It's called the O gauge. But basically, he decided. Well, I want mine to be exactly right, so I'm going to get this one millimeter difference. Even though it won't be able to go on hardly any tracks, wow. I'm going to make it because I want it to be perfect. Yeah, he's a hero. Did he make his own tracks?
2: <laughs> he
1: must have, right? No. I, I think. I think. I think. I,
3: I went there, and I had an amazing
2: two, did you, the two did days. You? I stayed overnight. The
1: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, well, it's
0: so sad. was there a
2: sleeper train uh, in the? No. Museum? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so great. Alex cramming one finger into the sleeper train. <laughs> Um, no, um, because they have actual other stuff they don't just have models they have actual trains there and all sorts there um, mm-hmm. no it's amazing that I, I remember seeing them they've got this fantastic I think it's called an open archive where um, they've got all this stuff that they can't they don't really have room to sort of display in proper museum just like thrown on the shelves oh, and wow. sort of display so you can see it and I remember also seeing they've got scale models of the Queen Victoria's royal train which is all sort of entirely mm. um, plush inside with a, with a velvet um, uh, upholstered toilet and things like that and in minutes Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is all miniature. When they were designing and building the trains, the actual full-on steam trains, they used to make scale models of the steam trains that are about, I'd say, like a foot wide and several feet long that were full-on working models to check that they worked and they were all kind of the right size. So they have these really (laughs) stonking great models of, like, working steam trains. They've also got, you've mentioned it before on the podcast, there's a a massive train set that was used to train signal operators mm. um, so it was the train cool. set but yeah. the fun of the train set was like all about the signals and not
3: the trains so yeah. can i ask alex did you see the entire collection of jp richards's trains when you were there
2: well, i don't know because i there's loads on the wall i remember them they're all stacked up on the wall them because so they're I've all there loads, but i don't know if i saw 610 but
3: what's really interesting is that jp richards never saw the entire collection himself ah. uh, we think and that's because he always kept them in his home where most of them were in boxes so they were never all out at the same time oh. and when he donated them to the museum uh, he was really really sick it was just before he died he was oh. too ill to travel so when it was on display he never got to see it oh, so yeah, he actually never sad. saw his entire collection on display i'm really sad about oh. that because yeah, no, what a so hero sad. what a great guy i yeah. love it the collection is still growing but mm. uh, actually i should Quickly say thank you to my friend Chris Valcoinen who yeah. is the associate archivist at the National Rail Museum, uh, who sent me loads of stuff for this. Absolutely brilliant! But wow. yeah, the collection is still growing because a lot of his uh, wagons weren't quite finished when he okay. got there, so he left them to other people to finish them because <laughs> he wanted the entirety of the train system of the London and Northwestern. Well, don't uh, we all? That's what we all want to <laughs> see wow. really, from wow. between <laughs> 1902 and 1944. So I he wanted it. everything, yeah, that's um, and they models. weren't all exactly done at that time. So some people are still doing them now they're still kind of making them better and better
1: it is the most impressive thing when you see the detail that someone goes into to recreating an area because you make it's not these aren't things you buy from the shop you create the buildings and you create and this is like when you're making a whole landscape so the tracks the trees the buildings around it um i've only ever played with two model train sets before oh yeah and they belonged to eddie izzard so Clang. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <laughs> yeah. no 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 <laughs> I trust you to have a celebrity train set anecdote this is not it's not what it sounds like so every time I go to Bexhill-on-Sea which is uh, my family goes there a lot I always take my boys to the Bexhill Museum and inside is Eddie Izzard's childhood model train set that her father had built um, when Eddie's brother was born started building it then and then Eddie's mother got a bit ill and, and eventually huh. she passed away and part of the project of keeping themselves busy from the sort of you know the horrible Depression of it all was to continue building this train set. So you can go and press buttons, and it sends two trains around. And it's where Eddie's dad worked. You can see the train he used to get into London, uh, and it shows all the buildings around. And they've commissioned all of Bexhill on Sea as a train set as well. Eddie's kind of put money into that, and you press buttons, and it goes around. It snows. I love that. It's incredible.
0: Did you guys read about um, Simon George? No, George. No. Simon George is a model railway fan. Uh, currently currently modelling and and making huge sets so in 2021 he had just made a model railway which was really big it was 61 metres and it was a model of a specific line from where he'd grown up in the 80s it was the Calder Valley lots of coal-fired trains Mm -hmm. and it's one of Britain's biggest if not the biggest uh, model train set really impressive he spent 8 years working on it um, and he he met someone he met uh, his girlfriend while he was making it
3: wow yeah that is <laughs> amazing yeah. this is the thing well wait a minute okay come <laughs> on.
0: so he, he was interviewed about it and he said when I first met her she didn't know I was building this mm. and what had happened was it, it wasn't in his home this train that he was building he'd leased a mill because it had this enormous <gasps> basement right? right so and he said okay she knew I leased a mill with a huge basement Simon said but I kind of led her to believe I was a wine merchant <laughs> <laughs> because that sounded cooler than building a model railway I'm just
3: imagining the discussion that he had when he said now we've been getting on very well I think there could be something here I need to tell you that the basement in the mill that I've not let you go in it's not a wine collection what must she have thought? Yeah. She turned up unannounced
0: at his work one day. She wanted to surprise him and she turned up to his wine merchant. Oh business and him What with did she do? Don't robot. come in, I'm wanking. <laughs> <laughs>
2: there this are bodies, I- there are loads of bodies down here. Yeah. Don't you yeah.
1: This is where I keep a family
0: locked yeah. up. Come on <laughs> yeah. He said she wondered where all the wine was, but actually she really appreciated the detail and the artistic element. Very, very cool. Um, Hermann Goering,
2: the the Nazi. It's also, well, who's, who's yeah. home and going? Not the Nazis <laughs> <laughs> just in case there are any others out there. Um, he was an enthusiastic no, yeah. Nazis love trains, they love models, obviously. You know, that famous big Third Reich one, but um, it, no, sorry I d- it, again, Alex. You
0: you spent two days on the National This <laughs> of you know,
2: Nothing what? to do with train models, no, no, sorry. That's that a totally totally off topic, but um, did they have a the big model? Hitler commissioned a huge model of what the center of Berlin was going to look like, oh, and um, it's a really horrible, scary model that still exists. You can go see it, there. okay, right? Um, and it's, okay. it's really wow. bizarre and interesting. Like I think it, that but whole element go- of control from yeah, afar, yeah, like yeah. you know. The but kind of go- you're saying Goering anyway, did the Goering trains. had two. Yeah. He had two train sets, um, just like Eddie's odd. Uh, one in the <laughs> no, just like sorry, <laughs> you, you've seen train. Wait, <laughs> you've seen said you've seen two train sets in your life. No, played with it twice. Played, you played, played it with it, it twice okay. Both of them were Eddie's. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Okay. So he had. Um. <laughs> Goering had one train set in his attic <laughs> and one in his basement. Oh yeah. Um, okay. And um, there are pictures of it, and they're really it's pretty extensive. As you know, lived he in a big old Nazi house and had a huge attic. A right, yeah. um, and there's there's a rumor that you can sort of maybe see evidence for in the pictures that um, there, there was there were wires went, that went over the one in the attic um, that planes went across and you could drop little bombs out of the planes to bomb okay me, right think, which is wow good
3: fun wow they mm. originated in Germany didn't they model railways basically uh, there was a company called marklin and they'd be making toys and stuff, but they mostly made dolls' houses. Mm. The idea is you make a doll's house and you sell them the house, And then they have to buy the dolls to go inside And they have to buy the cookers And they have to buy the chairs And they have to buy all the bits and pieces Mm -hmm. And they wanted something that boys would like How how are the dolls going to get to work? Yeah (laughs) And they just thought, well, by doing the railways Then we can sell the railway Mm -hmm. tracks But then we can sell the stock And we can sell the little bushes that go I don't know, I've never played There's another German
0: connection Which is maybe the earliest ever model train Belonged to the poet Goethe Did it? Clang yourself, mate. (laughs) (laughs) This is from 1829. It's six years before Germany had even a railway, a steam railway of its own. Wow! Some English well-wishers gave him a tiny, tiny model of Stevenson's rocket, the earliest steam railway engine. I think the earliest steam railway engine. Um, And um, it came with a set of wagons and rails and Goethe put it on his desk. I think he might have um, given it to his uh, grandchildren at the time because he he was an old man by that point. Yeah, cool. Wow. Do you want to hear an incredibly... Well, so, okay, here's a fact about model railways. I'm just going to tell right. you what. Okay. That's what we're all here for. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. What a change of topic. <laughs> <laughs> I know what's about to happen. So, you know how you use different things to represent... So, you might use a coffee stirrer as a piece of fencing. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, big... Th- like, things from our world. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. Okay.
3: <laughs> you could use a marble as a boulder, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. paint it or whatever. Yeah, and you, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so do you know what they use to make coal? Okay, so it's got to be something that is looks like coal, yep. but is much smaller.
2: Yeah. Mm. Um, but maybe it's not the same colour, but you could paint it black. Right. Is it not just...
0: Small bits of coal They use coal
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh my
0: god <laughs> they, they hit it with a hammer And grind it up small
1: What? <laughs>
0: no. Well
1: it's
2: definitely it's definitely a fact
0: <laughs> It's Was just
1: it? by any chance The fact that you Messaged us saying I just told my wife a fact And she said That's the dullest thing You've ever said in your life
0: <laughs> That's the <laughs> fact She just said Stop talking I
3: <laughs> 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 found it so interesting <laughs> And it's so boring She took off her I'm with this content <laughs> amazing andy great facts
0: thank great you. Facts. thank you yeah do you know the really tragic thing well we last talked about model railways four years ago i looked through my notes for that show it was in there <laughs> <laughs> um
1: so uh the probably the most famous model railways in the world Ooh. have to be the ones that we see in Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh, Thomas yeah. the Tank Engine. That's, I mean, that's globally yeah, the biggest, yeah, yeah. most famous, and um, just a, just a cool connection. We, uh, so there is a famously the Fat Controller, who's now been renamed Sir Topham Hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, he was, sorry, just so he, yeah, was was called, called, he, he was always yeah, called his real name. But but yeah, but they kind of phased out the Fat Controller. He's in the cartoons. Right. He's back to Sir Topham Hat, and. Um, we know someone who was the real life Sir Topham hat. Yeah. No. What do you mean that's here. in the voice? Or? No, so they used to have offices for Thomas the Tank Engine. When children wrote in, they had an official Sir Topham hat who would write letters back to the children. And, and we know that person. Okay. And they've been on Fish. They've been on Fish. Is it, Mitch?
2: Is it Craig Glenday?
1: Yes, Craig Glenday, editor in
0: chief for the Guinness World Crazy. Records. Wow. Okay, that's bizarre. Yeah. When I was tiny. I wrote to Sir Topham Hatt, and no. I got and I got a letter back. Did wow. you? Oh, yeah. It's just small coal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're a really annoying child.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, it is time for fact number three, and that is. James Okay my fact this week Is that in 1760 A book was publicly burned In Switzerland Because it claimed That William Tell Did not exist Fair Fair game Yeah Ah Because
0: I sort of think he did I sort of think he did Well yeah Well publicly burned me then (laughs) Is it like the
2: Pied Piper And he was just
3: like A management consultant No (laughs) He's less historical Than the Pied Piper I would say um he was part of the foundation myth of the country of switzerland basically yeah he's
2: kind of robin hood-esque right yeah like, and arrows is. to
3: power you're spot on you know <laughs> shot an apple off his son's head to That's the only thing i know it's the only thing like shot an apple off his mm. son's head i don't i didn't
0: know any of the context i just knew yeah i, n- I never questioned it it was either. quite
2: contrived like for some reason he ended up in a situation where they were like <laughs> shoot it or we'll kill you and your son and then he did it and then they were like well, okay. hang on a second. Why, how, ca- how come? How come you've got two arrows then? And he was like, "Well, if I accidentally killed my son, I was going to shoot you." It was yeah.
1: quite. But it was quite cool, wasn't it? Because the reason this whole thing started was he was going through this town, um, uh, which was called Altdorf, uh, and he was there's a guy there who was a bailiff called Gessler, and Gessler had had this thing where he put a hat on a pole. And it was in the center of the town and if you walked past the pole and you had a hat on you had to sort of take your hat off and be like hello pole
0: <laughs> and so we should, i think we should say the pole represented the immensely powerful Habsburg empire <laughs> <laughs> it's still weird it's still weird <laughs> so he goes
1: past doesn't take his hat off i guess gessler who's just happens to be monitoring every person <laughs> passing by sees that says hey take your hat off he says no and then that's where this thing happens where he says you need to now shoot your son or rather oh, shoot the apple, shoot the apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he says you got to put your son you got to put an apple on his head and you got to shoot through it and if you get it then you guys can go free if you miss then i'm going to kill you as well so it was a kind of big challenge a perfectly
2: yeah. fair challenge punishment that fits the crime but it
1: doesn't make any sense of course <laughs> but it makes sense for someone who's put a hat on a pole and made you it. Into so, yeah. to it. Could he
0: choose the apple though could he choose a very large apple like a pink lady
3: <gasps> like the one i saw in com that time <laughs> Honestly, I could have hit that for 200 miss it? yards.
0: I know you've stopped listening, Alex, but James has an anecdote about this very, very big apple he once saw.
2: It's it was- Actually, it's really weird to get bored on a podcast that you're on <laughs> that you're not even listening to. <laughs> no,
3: but if it had been that apple, yeah, you're Yeah, right. it'd be easy. Anyway, yeah. look like dan said and alex said this is the story and then because he did the apple thing they said okay fine switzerland could exist and he became like the foundation <laughs> myth of this country so everyone believed it and thought that he was a real character and then there was a historian called egidius chudi and he found out that actually the earliest writing of it was 250 years after the events and then they found the original oath of rutli uh, which was for the foundation of Switzerland uh, for the early cantons all getting together and it named the three representatives and none of them was called Tell. None of them was called William Tell. And so, and actually they got the date wrong as well <laughs> in the original <laughs> sort of, um, the original story. And so this guy called De Halle wrote a book called William Tell, A Danish Fable and everyone in Switzerland oh. thought this was outrageous that he could put this in writing and the book was publicly burned in Altdorf Square.
0: Was was he a Swiss- Swiss author himself. He was Swiss, yeah. It's, and I, because I, I sort of vaguely thought of William Tell as a bit Robin Hoodish as in somebody who might have existed, mm. but not really. Yeah. I didn't really think, oh, that's, see, that doesn't seem like a very significant thing to me. But I read a piece about. It's from the Atlantic, but it's from 1890. And it's just this line To understand the commotion produced in Switzerland by Cop's expose, we must try to imagine what would be the result in the United States if George Washington was suddenly declared to be a legendary character. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's and a, bit of a that.
3: huge, yeah, yeah. Wow. huge moment to find out. It was a bit of that. And then what happened was everyone was like, Dehalle, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. <laughs> and so he said, Oh, no, no, no. This was a literary exercise. I was just, it was just an essay I was writing to see if I could. It was like, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's like coming up with two reasons whether we should leave the EU or not leave the EU. And this was the one I decided to go with. It wasn't supposed to be taken seriously. This is
2: the first, like, dude, it's a social experiment. Like, <laughs>
1: <for YouTube. laughs> it. sounds like he was petrified. Like, it sounds oh, yeah. It sounds like had he not renounced that, it could have been like a Salman Rushdie kind of situation where he might've gone into a, you know, hiding in yeah. a cupboard kind they of thing.
3: They were absolutely furious. Yeah. But then obviously he'd opened the floodgates and suddenly all the skeptics came in like skeptics do and said, well, actually there was no organized uprising after all. And And there's no evidence that anyone called William Tell had lived, let alone shot an apple off anyone's head and they concluded that he was probably a fictional character, possibly based on a little bit of, you know, real life stuff. And then someone found this old story from the um, Danish sagas which is basically the entire story and that was written, you know, Hundreds and hundreds of years before William Tell was supposed to have even existed and mm. so it seems like they've taken an old story from the sagas and they've kind of appropriated it. It was, um, it was a story of Harold Bluetooth. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. inventor of yeah, wireless yeah. technology. Yes, <laughs> certainly the namesake of it. Danish
0: king of the 10th century. Yeah, yeah. And it is, like, I looked at it and it's, it's identical. It is the same story. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, there was a play. Schiller, Schiller's play, yeah, and then the play became an opera by Rossini, and it's just it's such an international thing. So it's an opera about a Swiss hero, by an Italian composer, Rossini, based on a play by a German writer, Schiller, which premiered in Paris. Brilliant. As in, it's all of Europe is involved in this. uh...
2: And you know, but you know the famous William Tell overture, the, yeah. um, Rossini didn't actually write that for the William Tell opera. Get out. He was like, running out of time when he was writing the Williamson Opera. (laughs) That's
1: (laughs) not how it works when you're running out of time, writing music, when it it, speeds up. No, he
2: he was running out of time to finish the entire opera um, and didn't have an overture ready, so he went and borrowed a uh, pre-existing piece from one of his uh, earlier operas, which was called Elizabeth, Queen of England. So that was written almost uh, 15
3: years beforehand. How interesting, because everything I can think of about elizabeth the queen of england none of the events in her life fit in with that no it doesn't really work does it yeah like you can't imagine sir walter Raleigh laying down his cloak and her going
0: the opera was only performed in full three times and because it was five hours
3: long five hours it was
1: average time for an opera
3: no. no Really? That's very long is Definitely okay. more than a few hours is fine mm. But five hours is pretty yeah, long okay. Th- Even three is I've is, never
0: been is, to is one I just always know that Especially long. given
2: that some of the music was so fast Like you would have thought mm. the music would be slower if he was going to drag it out Yeah,
0: There's a Hermann Goering link I oh, can't yeah. believe there's another Hermann Goering link <laughs> in this podcast uh, the Nazi- Which Hermann Goering by the way? Oh, sorry <laughs> The sorry, Nazi one, one. Nazi- Okay sorry good <laughs> Just got to clarify um, The Nazi regime made a movie of William Tell Okay. Uh, but, and they treated the Tell story as a, a kind of Nazi myth. Because at that point, were, I think it was before the war, they claimed they were liberating ethnic Germans living in other countries mm-hmm. who had been oppressed by those countries. Uh, and Hermann Goering's mistress was cast in a leading role. Yeah. Okay, yeah. right. That was
3: based on Schiller's play, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, but then Hitler banned it later on. Yeah. Uh, because there was an assassination attempt on him by a guy called Maurice Baveau, who was known as the new William Tell. Yeah, and he thought, "Well, I better get rid of all of the William Tells."
0: He was Swiss as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Um, I've I've been in Switzerland for Swiss Independence Day on the first of August. Oh yeah, which is when they have a lot of uh, sort of fireworks and uh, Uh, stuff like that. Yeah, it's relatively low key. Lots
3: of chocolate, probably cheese. Yeah, lots lots of chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did where (laughs) did you go? Like specifically,
0: Uh, a few different
3: places. Oh. They sound great. <laughs> <laughs> did you go to Bern? I've been to Bern. I don't think I did go to Bern. Mm. I was very young. why they got rid of all the books. Oh my <laughs> Sorry, god! Oh, really really it it. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> that was worth it. In the Bern, there's a lots of like bears because bear a bear is the is the symbol of the city of Bern, oh. uh, and the Appenzell Canton flag. Um, so the the area of of Switzerland called Appenzell has a flag which is a bear with an erection. Crikey! Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you look at it, it's, it's only a tiny little red triangle um, If you can imagine a bear rampant yeah. And then mm-hmm. you've got a little red triangle where his penis would be mm. And there was a a time when St. Gallen This was in 1579 <laughs> um, So the canton of St. Gallen had a printer And he did a calendar <laughs> of all the Swiss cantons yeah. And he did the Appenzel canton flag But he didn't put the erection in the bear Oh, And this was It kicked off really? It really really kicked off They almost went to war Because they didn't have the penis on the bear uh, and then mm. wow. it, it was only averted when the printer offered abject apologies and St. Gallen agreed to destroy every single copy of the calendar they could find. Wow. Again,
0: lots of rounding things up and destroying
3: them. Yeah. yeah, it's a very
0: spicy time. No wonder Switzerland is so determinedly neutral and calm today. they yeah. been through all like of I say they're very, For a very like, organised country, they've got a really chaotic origin story. But I think yeah. they've got it all out of their system. They must have yeah. decided, I think, at a certain point, that we should that not <laughs> <Yeah>. stop <laughs> yeah. rounding up and destroying the um, calendars and things like that
1: (laughs) okay it's time for our final fact of the show and that is my fact my fact this week is that to make sure that no one leaked the answer to who shot jr on the tv show dallas the production team had every main character film a scene of them shooting jr including jr Mm.
3: (laughs) It's an amazing thing. So this is... We need to explain what Dallas is. Exactly.
1: So Dallas was a soap opera in America. Went on for a very long time. Uh, In the 1980s it began. And it was a show that kind of really transformed the idea of soap having um, these dramatic plot twists and like also cliffhangers, cliffhangers and yeah. so on. And it created the greatest cliffhanger probably in TV history, certainly yeah. American TV history. It, it's
2: it, an, and it's about like a, it follows like the escapades of like a wealthy oil tycoon's family yes. in Dallas, it's Texas. It's, it's, basically it's like succession. Succession. early
0: cheesy succession, really. It is. Yeah. It's about squillianaires yeah. and yeah. the
3: main character is an anti-hero, just yeah. like Logan yeah. Roy. Yeah. I do think that succession is a very original idea and they definitely didn't rip off Dallas in any way whatsoever, just as an alternate I, I, opinion. I'm
0: not so sure. I think, uh... <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
3: So yeah, it's
1: it's at the end of this third series, it's the finale, and Jr., who is the character played by Larry Hagman, is shot. We don't know who's pulled the trigger, Mm. and then there's a big break in the season, and in that time america goes slightly ballistic we're trying to work out what
3: the world almost yeah 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 and
1: who shot jr was basically the big question that everyone with t-shirts next to the i'm with discount uh, yeah. who shot jr politicians it, were referencing it yeah, yeah everyone yeah. Um, and
0: just a spoiler alert it was Kristen. there we go what uh, Whoa. <laughs> but the thing is they the shooting of jr this, this huge event Maybe the biggest event In fictional TV history yeah. Was not meant to be The end of the series They had already filmed An ending of the series Yeah And they'd had a load of events They'd had a deathbed Murder confession They'd had the sectioning They had all sorts of You oh, know they'd crazy really written
2: themselves Into a corner kind yeah. Of thing. yeah And then
0: they got told Hey great news You've got four more episodes <laughs> they had to write Four more episodes And, and then there was a, There was a big Head scratching thing In the writers room And someone said Why don't we just Shoot the bastard Yeah And then they Because they, they
3: apparently of, A lot of the writers Were comedians or oh, really? funny people really? at least yeah huh. and um this was i read this in an interview with lorraine despres who was one of the main writers uh, and yeah she said that these were really funny guys who were trying to come up with ideas and almost let's shoot jr was one person going wouldn't it be funny if we did that yeah. so, wouldn't it fuck things up if we did that and then they all went oh actually that second. would be good yeah. well that's i mean
0: um a lot of the writers of succession are very funny comic writers yeah, jesse yeah, armstrong yeah. lucy, lucy Pribble, preble yeah, preble yeah. sorry um, oh. that's, so you know it's Another link, uh, <laughs> another link between the two I'd say but you no know, I mean the world went crackers didn't it it did really mad.
3: if you were on a plane going from Europe to America at the time if it was an Air France plane, they said that they would tell anyone over the intercom who'd shot JR. It, cause if you couldn't watch the show, yeah, yeah, yeah. They would, someone would radio up from the ground, and say focus. it was Kristen, and then they'd go, <clears throat> we're flying at 40,000 feet, and it was Kristen who shot JR. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Isn't that God, amazing? That is, but in, that is a huge spoiler. There's no way of avoiding but, a yeah. plane Tannoy spoiler. That's yeah. true, although in those days you couldn't, watch things on demand like yeah. you could have vhs'd yeah. it or so maybe, you actually kind of wanted to have like, things spoiled more actually the even in 1980 i guess you would True. have had vhs's but only just yeah right so you know you had to watch it live yeah if you exactly, didn't watch yeah. it live you were not going to watch exactly, it. You well, weren't gonna know. The,
2: the turkish parliament suspended a session <laughs> so that so that the legislators wouldn't would, would be able to tune in and wouldn't miss it like really
0: yeah. there was a, a really fantastic piece in texas monthly which oh, if yeah. anyone's gonna cover who shot yeah JR, you're on, <laughs> front like, page surely yeah, absolutely yeah. <laughs> but no there is an amazing piece which is all about the the, the madness that happened um so uh, they shot at a real ranch uh, you know they shot some scenes at a real ranch. Last yeah. year. it was mm. just shot in interior sets in, in hollywood but um the son of the guy who lived at the ranch they shot at was uh, is called joe duncan and he says that they had people turning up to take chips of the fence
3: Take pieces of rock. You know, they could have taken a chip of the fence and used it as a tiny fence (laughs) (laughs) in another (laughs) railway. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's like
2: um, relics that's mad yeah, it is yeah. it? Yeah. he said
0: listen to this quote he said I was once 20 feet away from a guy who jumped to the fence and went out into the pasture to pick up a piece of horse manure to take home as a souvenir <laughs> and that wow. was a
3: time before ebay <laughs> yeah his as well. name was dad Schreiber. <laughs> uh, I read an article from this was the day before they were about to show the who shot jr and this was in the minneapolis star and they asked some local celebs who they thought had shot jr and like the head of the coach of one of the local sports teams said i don't know who shot jr but there's a lot of agents of players who i'd like to shoot (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and then, <Zing. laughs> The police chief, who's called Anthony Boozer, he said, "I'm happy to report that I have never seen a single minute of that goddamn program." Wow. And they asked the mayor, Don Fraser, this is the mayor of Minneapolis, and he said, "I haven't the foggiest who shot him. Are you serious? I've only seen one episode of that show, and it was quite by accident." Wow! wow. Okay. Sounds
2: like a lifelong fan.
3: <laughs> I just can't believe they asked him. Like they asked someone, and they got these answers, and they thought, "Well." Well, it might as well print. Oh, that. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: The thing that I knew Dallas for because I'd never really seen it, yeah. but I I know it as a famous like a famous example of retconning. Uh, where you I retroactively change oh, yeah, yeah. what happened. So oh, um, yeah, they yeah. wrote, filmed and shot and broadcast an entire season in which a character, Bobby Ewing, died. But this character was really popular and they decided they wanted to bring him back. So in order to do that, they retconned it by at the beginning of the next series. They they made the whole previous series a dream sequence of all oh, the other yeah, characters. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is hailed as one of the like the cheesiest most rubbish ways of like, retconning. Yeah. Um, but it, one of the the weird continuity things was that um, <laughs> Dallas had a spin-off show called Knots Landing that Existed in the same universe. Okay, but when they brought back Bobby Ewing and was like, "Oh, this character never died." In Knots Landing, they had referenced the fact that Bobby had died. So at that point, it's like a, a universe <laughs> splintering well, moment. It's, it's like, like Spider Verse into the it multiverse. Is, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. but, but they were simultaneously taking into a like they were like keeping track of the different universes while simultaneously wiping entire series off the face of the earth. Because
0: you would think it would be easier to say. Oh, he didn't die, he faked his own death or yes, exactly, as yeah. in unless they showed on camera the funeral, the like open yeah, casket, yeah, 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 I, yeah, I yeah, think it casket. was like
3: the main part of a lot of the story of that they, season. they literally right? were like forget that series happened. It's weird. Yeah. There was um, there was a real-life Bobby Ewing who lived in Texas and who owned an oil and cattle company. Oh, really? Yeah, and so when this big sort of who shot JR thing was happening, they really kind of cashed in, and you could buy JR dolls, JR cologne, JR playing cards, um, and you could also buy fake certificates for Ewing Land Oil and Cattle Company, uh-huh. which was signed by Bobby Ewing, the fake Bobby Ewing. Uh-huh. But then the real Bobby Ewing, who lived in Texas, sued yeah. them. And said, "Well, you can't do this because yeah. yeah. like it makes it look like you're selling my company." And I found out that it was settled in the end. And the real Bobby Ewing <laughs> wasn't allowed to sell any novelty items. Uh, and it didn't say, but I assume he got a massive, you know, payout. Yeah. He yeah. must have done right. Yeah, um, amazing. Larry
0: Hagman, yeah. who played JR, Jr. So obviously, there's a big break for the, you know, when they're not shooting. Yeah. He hadn't signed his contract when they started shooting the next series, and he held out for a long time. Mm. And he he because won- he
3: knows he's a star now, right? Yeah. Everyone's talking about he him. Wanted yeah.
0: a, he wanted a huge pay rise. Mm. Um, he dispatched his agents to negotiate wearing white stetson hats with the uh, the management, of <laughs> and the that show. was his kind of that was luck. his look. Oh, right. Sorry, yeah, that uh, okay. was his thing. Yeah, but
2: would oh, they- feel really stupid if I was his as agent and I was told to do that. I, yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> they
3: were like, "You're overreaching with it this was, negotiation, and was, you want us to go in fancy dress." It <laughs> was worse when Mr. Blobby asked for a pay rise. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ha 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 ha! <laughs> he come in and be like ah oh, Mr, like, oh, Mr. <laughs> when they were sh- when they were trying to shoot the next series they yeah. had to start shooting but without JR being present and oh, having signed right. off his contract you know without having signed his contract mm, yeah. so what they started doing they sh- they shot a couple of different versions one they just shot JR from behind mm, they just brilliant. shot someone with the same hair which they you know they could just like fill in later yeah and then they also shot scenes with a guy bandaged up like he'd be <laughs> <plugged in. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and they said if we have to bring in another actor to play JR. We can claim you had to have reconstructive surgery and now you look like <laughs> so you never go. funny. Amazing. The problem is JR was shot in the stomach. <laughs> yeah, no reason. <laughs> yeah. That's great.
1: Hagman, what an interesting kind of personality he was mm. generally. He used to do a thing for many, many years um, called silent Sundays. He just didn't talk on Sundays. So no. funny. Yeah. He. So what happened was no, is religious, that- just religious thing? No, no, it was part of, he used to be on a different show called I Dream of Genie, A Genie, brilliant show. And um, well, during it, he had vocal problems. And so he went to a doctor and the doctor said, why don't you try not talking for a few days? And <laughs> he thought not only did it work nicely, but he really enjoyed the experience. So every Sunday he
3: thought, I'm just going to do this wow. and didn't speak for decades. It's so good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he claimed that for 25 years, he never spoke on a Sunday. I I think it's not 100% true. I think he kind of cheated a fair amount, but because it's Sunday's yeah.
0: your birthday or yeah tread on some Lego <laughs> <laughs> yeah Because uh, yeah, sometimes
3: yeah. he would go like four days in a row without talking wouldn't wow. he? and his family would hate him for it and so really
0: he
1: kicked it because he uh, he says that he started realizing he was missing a lot of opportunities because he says in LA a lot of business is done on the weekends <laughs> and so he said he couldn't call his agent he couldn't talk to them to say hey get on the case of doing this or...
2: <laughs> it's incredibly good negotiating to stay silent he probably should have done is. all his business on a Sunday was... just sit there in silence <laughs> while they just keep upping the offer until like the <laughs> clock goes over to Monday, and he's like, Yeah, great, <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. N- a Nazi who was a fan of Dallas, great. Was it, um, it Ru- c- Ru- it's Rudolph it's Hess. Hess, no, it what? was, a, oh. was Ru- Rudolph
0: Hess, yeah. Rudolph Hess, the Nazi. <laughs> um, so so, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: did um, we cover another person who there was another, Ru- there was genuinely was the- another Rudolph Hess, <laughs> really. Oh he was called Rudolf Haas, the avocado. Oh, the avocado, avocado guy. That's yes. so <laughs> oh, unfortunate. The guy behind the Haas Avocado was called Rudolf Haas. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well,
2: this, this, this one was the, the, Nazi the Nazi and presumably train enthusiast. Was um, he still alive when he watched Spandau Prison. He used to watch it in ah. he used to, it, Dallas and Dynasty were his two favourite TV shows mm. that he watched. Huh. Did okay.
3: Did so he? They weren't all bad. Uh, is he... <laughs> <laughs> that is recording Alex <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: okay that's it that is all of our facts thank you so much for listening if you'd like to get in contact with any of us about the things that we've said over the course of this podcast we can be found on our twitter accounts i am on at schreiberland
3: andy at andrew hunter M, james at james harkin and alex oh i've quit twitter (laughs) <laughs> are, you on, are you on insta uh, no um, are you on anything are you on b-real b-real no that's good that one I'm still on Bebo. Is that- <laughs> yeah, are you on mastodon <laughs> no don't be disgusting
2: that sounds horrible what is that <laughs> mafia based porn site <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh yeah or you can email us at podcast at qi.com or you can go to our website no such thing as a fish.com all of our previous episodes are up there do check them out uh we'll be back again next week with another episode we will see you then goodbye